Welcome to Flippin' and Mashin', a pinball podcast show about pinball and pinball and sometimes Nintendo stuff that Parnell wants to talk about or Cruisin' USA Blast ported to the Nintendo Switch. I'm your host, <laughs> Ryan, and with me as always talking about stupid Switch games is... Parnell! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That was a very realistic but horrible intro. Thank you. I mean, all of it. I don't know. To me, it felt it felt right. Unfortunately, uh, you have now <laughs> made this podcast only about pinball. Hey, but you want to know something? Let's just, uh, you know, me and you don't do this very often uh, on air, but we should just give ourselves a little bit of a fucking pat on the back because... You know, you want to talk shit about how I only want to do this and our podcast has kind of become that. Um, we're moving up in the world a little bit. I mean, nobody really listens to us, but we're kind of moving up. What do you mean? In 30 episodes, we have went and literally tripled our total listens. Oh, you're talking about that. Uh, that is yeah. impressive. We, uh, I mean, for some reason... On. We have gotten some listeners. Five more listeners since Steve left. We've gotten quite a few more listeners. Since I feel Steve like left. you have just you have just potentially paid people off. Uh, so a you can't confirm that, and b I plead the fifth. <laughs> I also have now made a budget for me to pay people off as well. Uh, I feel like by purchasing a P three, we paid Jerry off, right? Multimorphic, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll clump them all oh. together. Right? <laughs> team over at, at Multimorphic. We don't want to just call out Jerry. Oh, good point. He's such a troll. Gosh, that guy. What do you mean? He is the most pure, like, nice, loving <laughs> individual you could possibly get. Who never, ever plays a trick on Parnell for the sake of it just being a trick so he can laugh at you. Okay, so I feel like... He's, I must be an easy read because he releases, what month was it? August and October or something. He releases two things in a row about the same day. So then I'm thinking, based upon pattern, that we're going to get something on the 22nd or whatever of uh, October. So I'm I'm a month ahead, but what month oh, you, is that? You can blame that on me. So I, then I, I kind of brought that up. Yeah, but then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. It's like yeah, because because hey, I'd mentioned it. What is what is he doing? He's trolling us that he was like, oh, everybody's gonna expect something on the twenty second, and I'm not gonna do it this month. <laughs> sure enough, he doesn't do it. Then uh, this last weekend, it's November fifteenth. So the this weekend prior, they were at Expo in Chicago. No, Houston. Sorry. I'm sorry. Houston. And they just released new cabinet art for the P3. It it looks awesome. Like, I, I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, Jerry had stated, or Multimorphic had stated, it's like a generic cabinet art that would go with, it would look good with any game that you had in the play field. And yeah, it looks great. Looks kind of futuristic. Looks kind of tech mech. Tech mech. Is that the new technology but mechology mixed together kind of like tex mechs i mean it it kind of looks like a uh 
Oh my God. Co- coin that term. Tech not mech. A trans- <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like a transformer uh, mixed with like a Gundam, which is pretty cool. Like, yeah. Kind of back to the future, like vile almost. Yeah. I mean, it's a really neat uh, look and gamma goat had posted some picture of some metal on the wall to try to get the cabinet art to hang so he could store it and get the new stuff. And I was like, dang, that's a good idea. Um, my game room, though, has turned into, quote unquote, you know, holiday living room. So I'm not too sure how much I could. I could probably hang the P3 art. If the magnets on the P3 were strong enough, I could just put the art on top of my high start. That's true. Do, you think, do they make rare earth thin magnet that we could just stick on the machine to make it even thicker? Potentially. Okay, so if they ever release, well, if when they release the new stuff, the new game, uh, I haven't. I would like to add to my order, like a uh, bunch of the apron, because the apron magnets are pretty small, so that should be easy. And then um, the plastics. I was gonna get the plastics to match a bunch of the games, just because th- you know they just chuck it in the box. You throw money at Jerry. Yeah. No, it's free shipping. I'm saving money, Ryan. <laughs> Quote. Oh. Quote shopping logic, I save money yes. by buying more. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm, yep. Jerry, he should have coupons, and we could cut them out and be like, save some money and buy stuff at the same time. Um, you're right. Black we Friday's should. coming up. He sh- he should. Yep. No, I'm sure he'll have Black Friday, and it'll be a uh, free shipping on anything that isn't a pinball machine. Now it'll be his Black Friday, Cyber Monday. <laughs> Save 10%, but add 10% for extra shipping. Yep. Or, or you know, he could always do the whole, like, if you come into the store or the shop, <laughs> I'll sell you anything free shipping. <laughs> okay, so we need, a, we need a plane ticket. We do. We'll go, we'll That's go weirdly going to be more than shipping. Yep, I think... <laughs> I think that's going to be more expensive than uh, you probably paid to ship your P3, but let's do it. All right. Maybe we'll do that then. Okay. What are you drinking tonight, buddy? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ryan, do you know what episode this is? Isn't it episode 80? You cheater. You looked at the label. It is episode 80. No, I did I did show notes. You did? Yes, you did. Yeah, and do you want to know a folder the show notes are in? Episode 81. Episode 80. Hey, we're doing pretty good. We are. Well, okay. Actually, we need to talk about that real quick. Uh, I just sent you a link to shop.numodart.com X2 True Timber Cambo with Black Trim uh, for your children. Because this they're getting out of hand. What is this? I love you. I love them. That's a dark gun. This and looks I'm like a gun from Jurassic light. Park. Uh, it should be the, the pistol. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the pistol one. Yeah. So you just get, you know, like a, a pony tranquilizer darts and you just nail your kids with them and <laughs> magically they're asleep. And then guess what? Putting the kids to bed never got easier. Hey, don't worry. This is quiet and the most affordable on a per shot basis gun. <laughs> what more can you ask for? <laughs> I've done all the market research for you. So uh, if any other parents out there need to threaten their children with a dart gun, uh, 
they are for sale to it looks like anybody. Well, you can just go buy one of these and there chase was the an, kids around the house with it. There was that <laughs> SNL skit where they were like chloroforming their kids. My kid sleeps in the shoebox, and it's like that was pretty funny. Maybe I'll link that in the show notes. Perfect. So I got to add that to the notes. SNL kids sleep skit. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, we actually have been awful at this, and I'm I'm gonna blame you. Um, mm. It's a little bit my fault too, but I'm gonna blame you because there's been a bunch of nights where I was ready to record, but we just weren't able to make it happen. My yeah. Guy. There was a lot of children. Yeah, that's why I got you this dark gun. (laughs) Surprise, Uh, I'm your secret Santa. This is what I'm getting (laughs) for Christmas. (laughs) Perfect. I can't wait to use it on everybody I meet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we are sorry. I mean, there was a long lapse. And then I think by the time that things ended up happening, I think our last podcast dropped like, just last week, which is kind of good, but it's not because we actually dated it as the thir- uh, as uh, as Halloween, which isn't so good. So, uh, sorry. Ago? Yeah, no, we did a bad, and we need to stop doing that. So, uh, tell the kids they just got to go to bed, or they're getting their melatonin injections via dart gun. Um, but in a more serious note, um. We are, I'm super happy. I've been on the podcast. I think this is episode 30, like the 30th episode that I've been on. We could figure it out, but yes. I'm pretty sure. It was either episode 50 or 51 where I joined. I'm either at 29 or 30. I'm just going to round up and say 30. Um, I don't know. I've had a lot of fun. I think we've been doing it, what, like a year together now? Uh, I was talking to my wife about it. I think it's been a year and a half. Oh, has it really been that long? Mm-hmm. How time flies what? when you're having fun. <laughs> For the anyway. best of times. Glenn Gooley. <laughs> you were asking uh, what I was drinking. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? I have a gin mixed with some sort of sparkling water from Spindrift and orange juice. And it might be my third one. I don't remember. I kind of lost count. Because <laughs> I was on the phone with my mom, and she was having me troubleshoot her Roku, and sometimes troubleshooting tech stuff over FaceTime makes you want to drink. So, instead of becoming a frustrated Parnell, I became a drinking Parnell. Problem solved. <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, You know... Just a Lagunitas hop hoppy refresher. It's the best oh. drink ever. Oh good. Now are you gonna buy you know, them out? I what, would what if they're seasonal? I, don't talk to me like that. Can't handle that kind of rejection, Parnell. This is like literally my favorite drink, and there's no alcohol in it, which doesn't make any sense, but I love it. What if they had one that was like Christmas flavored? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, there's already a drink for that. I forget what liquor it is, but there's already a Hallmark liquor Christmas movies ta- that literally tastes like Hallmark Christmas movies and fucking <laughs> like Pine Sol. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but I'm is sure one gin? of our listeners. Eggnog? Maybe, really sh- maybe really shitty gin. Like really shitty gin. 
Hmm. But I like gin, so I don't know. What flavor brand? What brand of gin do you like? Oh, I don't know. I I don't drink gin that much, but oh, I've had some like actually tasty middle shelf, top shelf gin that I I do. I've enjoyed it. But if I'm at the liquor store, I'm not like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm getting some gin tonight. That that doesn't happen. What? Why? What do you mean, why? If you went to the store today, do you know what kind of gin you'd buy? No, not at all. I, I wouldn't be buying gin. It's just that simple. If you were buying gin. Oh, no, no. Okay, so I don't remember what it was. I thought. Well, we're already off to a good start. Okay. I thought it was Sapphire London Dry, and my wife hated it. I thought it was like, oh, I'll, I'll just get the really nice stuff. No. So I ended up drinking this whole bottle, and then all she wanted was Tangeray. That's my story. Sorry. That's pretty lame. No, it's fine. Uh, uh, so Normally cost- when I go to the liquor store, I, I just get... There's there's three things I'm mainly going in there to get. Four, five. Uh, if I'm in the right mood, I'm looking to maybe get some sours. If I'm in the right mood, I might be getting some seltzers or the Lagunitas Hop Hoppy Refreshers or Fireball or Jägermeister. Those are like my go-tos. I do love some good whiskey and scotch, and I like gin. And I like a whole bunch of other stuff. Not a big vodka or tequila guy, though. Those can just... No. But the rest of them, they're pretty good. Oh, and I hate red wine. Mm-hmm. What were you telling I... me about Costco, though? Oh, we just... Ours just opened in Duluth. And they have, like, the big Tangeray. And then whiskey. So... And vodka. Like, the Kirkland brand is just rebadged other brands so to stock my newly partially completed dry bar i might have to go buy some how exciting i know right like uh my dry bar is mostly complete i got the under cabinet rgb lighting i have to finish installing then the countertop fiasco just has to get installed measured and installed and then the dry bar is Dry barred? Oh, oh. I have to like now. It, then it will be dry. I have to wire it, like uh, pull the wire. I pulled the wires for the TV, but I have to like finish plugging and getting all my consoles out of storage into the cabinet, which is partially exciting, right? Like, there's my Wii U, and I don't need a Wii because I have a Wii U. So, oh my god, oh, I get to look at all my consoles. I'm pretty excited. How exciting. I'm really excited to get my Dreamcast out and finish modding it. Like, you can cut... I have the USB GDMU or whatever replacement, so I can cut out some of the power supply and the CD-ROM or GD-ROM and uh, get all my Dreamcast games out again and rip them to ISO. And then my 64, really excited about that. However, I found... so. I have a Nintendo DS Lite, and randomly, I don't know what sparked it, but I was talking to, to on the Discord, and I was talking to Nick Baldridge, and I was like, hey, are there some fun games like uh, the Ace, Ace Attorney? So I loaded up all these Ace Attorney games, snagged those, I snagged a bunch of other games they recommended, 
I've been having a good time playing Ace Attorney. I've never played it before. It's freaking hard. Some of these puzzles are harder than I imagine, and it's like I've. It's because I missed the little detail, uh, or I was scared to like. Uh, what does it call? Present the evidence because I didn't want to get <laughs> my last warning and then get fired from the case or whatever. So uh, I was scared Objection. to present that one. You keep muting yourself too early, Ryan. Objection. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm I'm digging it. I'm on <clears throat> the first game in the series, and I'm on the second trial, day two or something. I got to go to. Corp. I just found some pictures. It's pretty fun. Uh, Nick is excited because he wants to talk about it. Uh, I still suck at puzzles, but I love puzzles. So it's been good. I've used a little bit of a tips kind of guide just to kind of nudge me to get the right. Um, like there was a there was a point in time where I was interviewing one of these witnesses, and I literally could not figure out what I had to present to get it to move forward. And then I read the guide and I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I have to present like the statue on page five or six of his, whatever he's saying. I was like, that's ridiculous. And sure enough, but uh, the game kind of doesn't let you fail. Like it lets you fail and then it kind of keeps guiding you forward. So I should be a little less scared of failing, but no, it's a good game. I'm excited. I, I've, it's been a long not a long time. I should have been playing it a long time ago, but it's fun to have a DS and I can play it in bed because the switch is too big. Like it's uh, awkwardly uncomfortable to hold laying on your side, but the DS is all right. The only thing that I have a problem with is my battery is original on the DS Lite, so I got to go get a new battery. Um, yeah. Here's another really, really stupid update. Wait, what am I gonna do? How's well, the I guess show we're doing go? updates right now. I guess I guess we're doing we're doing updates over here. <sighs> doing updates. Oh, okay. Parnell's doing the updates. I gotta look What's something update, up. Parnell. I have been reading the Halo book series written by Troy Denning, and my gosh, it was a tough series to get into. Like the way he writes is more for young adult, older teen. But it was just kind of like <clears throat> getting used to his writing style took me a, uh, I don't know, fifth of a, of a book to get into. But I'm really digging his Halo series. Uh, I have not read the Karen... Tr- Go ahead. What's the author's name again? Troy Denning. Oh, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Right? That's the one I bought, right? Let me look. There, there's only one Halo book that I enjoyed reading. Uno. U- Uno? Uh, and it it is Eric Nyland's Halo, The Fall of Reach. I did enjoy that book. Yeah, Troy Denning. Um, I have no problem reading other people's books. I, I was about to buy the rest of the Gears of War books, the newer ones that were, were written by the next person, not Karen Travis. But I'm a little worried that it's going to be different because some of the reviews of the book said he tries to write like Karen, but he doesn't make it. And then because of the Gears of War books were in between games and I didn't play the those 
last games. I have no idea what happened. I kind of just, uh, instead of buying them, I just didn't. If uh, For Christmas, I asked for a bunch of Kindle gift cards, so maybe I'll scoop them up. But the Halo trilogy, I I love Halo. I'm not a hyper fan or anything, but like the really fun part was I learned about the ODST troops, and I didn't really know about them. Like I knew of them because I played the game ODST, but I didn't fully understand what they were versus like Master Chief. So it's been good. It's been uh, it's a fun book. It's scratching my itch on a theme that I really enjoy and getting some backstory to uh, a video game I like. Recently, I was obsessed with the Legacy of Cain book series, or it's not really a book series, but the video game. And there's a bunch of fan novels that I read and I really, really, really enjoyed. And so I was on like a video game kick. And so I was looking up all the video games I could find and think of, but Halo was a big one. So is Gears of War. So I'm just plowing through the Gears of War and I'll probably buy his next one. And then I see Karen Travis also has a Halo series. So I'll see what she what she did. But uh, if if you're into that stuff, it's a good read, especially if you can find them on sale or whatever. I know the Kindle, there's like a book club. Where is it? Is it over here? They do a book club where you can spend X dollars a month and kind of get free access to a not every book, but a bunch of books. I think a bunch of the Halo books were in that list. So we will see. Um, Have you read any books? Like, have you read any video game books? Yeah, I just told you earlier that I liked Halo The Fall of Reach. The Fall of Reach. Yes. The Fall of Reach by Eric Nyland. Okay. Yes. I think his book was at my library, so maybe I'll have to check it out. Okay. It's. Um, I really enjoyed the book. So is that part, was that like a after a video game? Or is it like actually in a video game? No, so that came out, uh, I think, when Halo 2 was out. Or it might have been before Halo 2 came out originally. Like, this was the prequel to Halo Combat Evolved. And oh, so this it is... just kind of goes over. Oh, yeah, no, this is an old book. This is like, Ryan read this in high school or middle school. Book. On the cover, it says the origin story of Master Chief. Okay. Yep. 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 Interesting, because in Troy's books, his first one, he brings up like how the Spartans came to be. So this will be exciting to read this more series, because because yep. Eric had some other books too, like the First Strike, Halo First Strike, and Ghost of Onyx. So like. The Halo series is almost, I feel like the book series is almost as big as Star Wars, where it's just like tons of side books or side quests. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Yep. I'm excited. I don't know. You know, there could be a bad book, but they seem to be all decently reviewed. But yeah. there are, a, oh, there, absolutely. I'm just clicking around Amazon. There's like Troy Denning, Matt Forbeck, Kelly Gay, uh, who's the person that you were? Eric Nyland. And Karen yep. Travis, William Dietz, like there are so many authors. Do you think it like oversaturates the the book series, like the story? Like it seems like if you didn't pay attention, some of the artwork on the covers looks the same. Like William Dietz versus Eric Nylon, the cover art is very similar. So you might read a, the next book and think it sucked, 
but it's a different author. Like, kind of seems they oversaturated it with too many authors. Yeah. So uh, on tonight's episode of uh, Turn the Page with Carnell <laughs> and Ryan, um, I would totally agree that there are certain universes, especially in video games, which I feel are like potentially the worst offenders where they oversaturate something with books because it's just really popular and they're just, it's just that quick buck. Um, Got to make that dollar, man. You know, and these books generally not always, but a lot of them drop either before or right after a game comes out. And it's like, Hey, well, you know, you got that stupid book report you got for school, right? You know, fucking why not just read this? And then it's like, Hey man, I was doing something cool instead of just reading, you know, 1984 or some other like great classic. Instead, I was like, yeah, fuck you, literature teacher. I'm reading Halo for my project or my book report. Uh, so I think a lot of it is it it probably is potentially very geared towards young adults, uh, which is really, you know, who what the market, I think, historically is always targeted. For video games but there are some good ones for sure like the fall of reach isn't the only good halo book that i've heard of i don't i can't talk to a lot of them and hearing the amount of fucking authors that just write halo books makes me very concerned that it is oversaturated uh but maybe they all do good work i i don't know i'm not a huge book reader i can go on a form and read until I'm fucking bleeding from my eyes. But a lot of books just don't captivate me. Is there a brand or series like a universe that you would love to, that you would go out of your way to read a book for? Uh, Mass Effect and Doom. Yep. 100%. I feel like Mass Effect was a book series, wasn't it? Uh, they had some, but the books weren't very good from okay, what I so, knew. So if they made a new book series. Yeah. I read some of one of the books and it was okay, but it wasn't wasn't blowing anything up my skirt. I mean, and I know some books take a while to get going. Like 1984 probably took almost what 80 pages, 100 pages before it really started to like pick up and get really interesting, but a lot of books and authors they want to like set the tone. It's like a movie, you know, like the best horror movies aren't the ones where they're immediately like, oh, hey, here's a jump scare. Like, arguably, some of the best movies of all time are very story driven, where they like set up the characters and set up what's going on, and then they start doing things. So eh, I just don't have enough time. I don't I don't have enough time in the day. I think is what it really boils down to. And I know I could make time, but there's just not been a book series where I've, I've just, it's been like, Holy shit. I need to stop what I'm doing right now and read, but audiobooks could be cool. Um, maybe I'll, I used to maybe drive a lot. Yeah. I used to drive a lot for work and I think your commute and when you do have to commute for work is pretty long and audio. Yeah. But I normally got... just end up talking to you. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> Yeah. Uh when when you need a break from me, audiobooks would be a good way <laughs> to pass the time. Uh well so a lot of our listeners don't know this, but I'm a big audiophile and like music buff. I just I love music. Uh 
So when I'm not talking to you, my break from you is literally listening to my Spotify channels and like my Discover Weekly and the newest releases, because there's some weeks where I don't even get around to, to getting through both of those before they change to something else. So dang. Yeah. yeah. I barely get through my podcast anymore. Like listening to my podcast list, I've been trimming that down because I'll hit up a couple favorites. And then when it gets to the pinball podcast, it is, they all kind of talk about the same shit. Like when the expos come out, it's like, oh, everybody's talking about this one and then that one. It's like, wow. So I almost don't listen to pinball podcasts anymore. Except for ours, because ours is the best. It's the best. It's number one. (laughs) We're amazing. Uh, (laughs) I also don't drive to, we, I work from home now, so that sucks actually because when i was in the car i would always have a podcast on um my old I'm job sure I would a lot of people listen to us driving to work to work They're like or coming home not, from work not only does my drive to work make me angry the podcast i listen to also makes me angry because it sucks so these bad. fucking assholes <laughs> <laughs> uh so since i don't drive anymore like i listen to podcasts while i'm doing like washing dishes cooking breakfast eating lunch like that's when i listen to podcasts it's kind of wild i almost thought about putting a speaker in my shower so i could listen to a podcast for my five minute shower but just haven't done it yet um and since our lawn mowing season is ended because i now have four inches of snow uh i don't get to do that that was like two hours of you know podcast but i don't know it's uh uh audiobooks were a great way to pass the time when i did travel for work but now my my book reading is right when I go to bed, and my Kindle I have the paper paper white or whatever they call it paper light. It literally within a couple pages puts me to sleep, which is amazing. So I would recommend it. The paper white paper light, whatever it's called, it's a great look. And I invert my color so the page is black, the text is white, so that it makes less brightness. But that is uh. That's how I go to bed. I, I, I love it. And then I'll wake up and my, you know, my Kindle is laying next to me. <laughs> Hopefully uh, after 15 minutes or whatever, it sleeps itself because uh, otherwise it'll die pretty quick the way I pass out. But, so moving, moving uh, on. You don't want to. Okay. Moving what on. is new, Ryan? We had some expos. We got some new info. We What's did. going on? Well, we've already talked about the multimorphic side art. Yep. Um, they have. We already. Oh, I read on the forum. Jerry said he has updates that will come sooner than the new game, but they're not tomorrow. Perfect. <laughs> well, that was very informative. Yes. So tomorrow, don't be looking for anything. <laughs> but anytime beyond that point, be on the lookout. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> um Um, yeah so we have okay go ahead go ahead no you go ahead you you think away you tell me what what are you thinking there's supposed to be an update to sorcerer's apprentice that is true yep okay some new call outs yep some more ryan in my life well i don't have a ccr yet uh but in someone's lives which he pretty much said that game sold p3s at Houston. So quote Ryan, you're welcome. Yep. 
I'm I'm very 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 happy to know that uh, to know that there are some serious people that like Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I got to be a very small part of that amazing game. Well, when I played it, it was very challenging. I can definitely see it being a great at home game because you get to because I don't think Kevin from <laughs> Buffalo Billiards <laughs> beat it yet. <laughs> Oh yeah, but Kevin get... Malone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get to collect the magic and then your shield and then you get to go battle the sorcerer and it's like it's a pre- it sounds simple, but it's a very hard deep game. So I am excited to try it again. I think I'll have to get down to your house sometime soon. Just ditch the tranquilize my family. Run down. There you go. Or maybe they can come with. I'll just leave them at your house. Yeah, whatever. I'll put him to work. I'll put him to sleep too. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll buy a tranquilizer gun. We got this. Um, so yeah, we obviously have the multimorphic stuff, and it's awesome to hear that uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice and Heist were finally able to be played and experienced and enjoyed at a convention where there were tons and tons and tons of of people that uh, had never played either of those games before. So it was really awesome to hear that Pinball Expo in chicago and the houston show both had a great turnout from what we heard from multimorphic so that works yeah and converted to game sales which is awesome Mm -hmm. yep well and and last i heard uh listeners uh they are 16 weeks out is is the number that i heard last now don't come back at us don't at me if it's now 18 weeks uh, or, you know, whatever, but it, we're looking like four months out right now. Uh, so sales have definitely picked up, which is exciting. I'm glad very, I have a very P3. exciting. I am too. <laughs> we got that yeah. new hotness coming soon. Can't wait. Uh, so I think we got the source of the apprentice update. I think there's going to be a new feature dropped and I'm assuming thinking potentially another mini game huh maybe yeah i don't know shoot and scoot 2 32 player <laughs> fuck that we're we're doing it just like the console wars we're just skipping 32 <laughs> altogether. we're going straight for 64 oh my god oh i guess uh spoiler i bought shoot and scoot so i did buy a new game well, see, you said you didn't have any game room updates. You, you liar. Oh, yeah, I have one. I bought Shoot and Scoot, and it's hard. Yeah? Well, that's a good it, game for you. It is It'll a great game better. for ball control <laughs> and shooting specific... Sh- like, ball control, getting ball control, holding it, shooting a specific shot. And at the time, I had Cannon Laguna, and now I have Heist back in, but oofta. That game was hard. Oh, by by the way, uh, listeners, another cool tip that I heard on the topic of multimorphic. Um, I found out that you can death save from either side. And that's a feature that Jerry purposely made sure that when they were designing it, you could do. So you can not only death save if you get the left out lane, you can death save from the right out lane. Like either or. 
Well, that, I got that backwards. You can normally death save from the right. You normally cannot from the left. But in either case, I think that's super cool that you could potentially do some cool death saves when uh, people are over at your house and immediately tilt. Uh, unless it's Sorcerer's Apprentice, because it just knocks some of your health off. Is this the conversation where Jerry said his friend tried death saving on the P3 and it was really heavy? Uh, this is the conversation where, yes, uh, someone said they tried to death save and they thought that they threw their shoulder out. <laughs> <laughs> the P3 is very solid. Jokingly, very. obviously. They, they were not being super serious, but they were like, holy jeebus, this thing is heavy. Um, she, she thick with like two C's, let me tell you. But, uh, so besides that, we have seen uh, Ailey, uh excuse me. Uh, I have to bring this up because I was searching around in our Facebook posts. And I guess when we had Zach on the show, we talked about Halloween and how it wasn't going to be that great of a game. And we kind of poo-pooed on it pretty, pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, somebody on Facebook had saw that and they posted a reply on the post that I'd made on Facebook saying, Hey, you know, latest episode, Zach comes on, we talk about stuff. And the person replied and they're like, wow, you know, you guys were shitting all over Halloween and it's sold out in an hour and 20 minutes or whatever. You know, it sounds <laughs> like it's going to be a great game. And man, uh, that feeling when you read something that happened 16 weeks ago and uh, it didn't age well, that's it. There's one thing I've been seeing a lot of. I don't know about you, but I've been seeing a ton of Alien and Ultraman owners trying to dump their uh, you mean <laughs> Halloween and their Ultraman. games or spots. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, and we've played it because at your wedding it was at tilt. Halloween was, and I was. I mean, not a they're fan. the same game. <laughs> sure. But, so yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, they sold out. The pre-orders sold out. Now there are a handful of people trying to sell their spots and now they're losing money on their spots to just get out. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw one that they were trying to sell their $2,000 deposit for a thousand dollars. Like they were going to take a thousand dollar hit to get out of having to get the game when it eventually comes out. Yeah. So yeah, um, no, it's not looking super great over there for, for them, but whatever. I'm not trying to say I was right. But you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I try to say I was right. You know me, <laughs> but I was right. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, uh, other updates. Uh, I got a new VR headset, so I got rid of the Quest Two. I sold it to Zach, um, and now I have a Valve Index for the time being. So it's kind of fun. I like it. Uh, there's my review. Go get one if you don't have one, because it looks like for the next wait four to six it? months for sure, there's not going to be any new VR headsets. But that's, that's your review. I like it. End of story. Yeah, I mean, if you have the money and you want to get into VR, your options today, right now, are a Pimax, a Valve Index, or an Oculus Quest Two. There are other VR headsets, but uh, they're either two thousand dollars. Uh, and they don't come with any of the tracking stuff that you need. Or there are other headsets that fall in that same realm but don't do it as well. I mean, right now, unfortunately, fortunately, uh, 
there's really only two choices in the sub $1,100 price range in my mind. You either go the Oculus Quest 2, well, it's now Meta Quest 2, um, or you go the Valve Index um, because the Pimax is really expensive and it has bad lens distortion and it still needs the trackers and controllers that you would get from like a Valve Index. So there's that. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, there is the new Varo that just came out and that's super cool. Uh, but it's two thousand dollars, and it also requires the trackers and controllers from the Vive in, or the Valve Index. So, uh, I was really hoping by now we would have heard about a new VR headset. And Oculus, obviously, or excuse me, Meta, obviously teased one at their Meta Connect. Uh, however, it was like a two-minute conversation, and then they just kind of glossed over the headset that's like quote unquote tbd coming soon um and so right now we're all just kind of in a holding pattern i think like vr as a whole like we're waiting with bated breath to find out what's coming next and uh valve is obviously working on a new vr headset they're getting really close but they're still probably six to eight months out minimum um because it sounds like they're going to be utilizing a lot of the same hardware that's actually in the Steam Deck for parts of it. Uh, and based on the patents and the firmware co firmware deep dives that people have been doing, they're still kind of testing things. So it's not like it seems, it does not seem like they have a fully functioning, working 100% headset. Uh, it seems like they're still kind of trying to flesh it out a little bit. Um, so yeah. If you're in the VR market, if you want to spend $1,000, the index is definitely the way to go. If you only want to spend $300 and you don't mind selling your soul, uh, the Facebook Oculus Quest 2, Meta Quest 2, is a amazing headset for the price. But the reason you're getting an amazing headset for the price is Facebook is doubling down on getting all that juicy, juicy uh, information and uh getting all that that uh information on you so they're taking all your info and selling it and selling it yep and that's how they're making up because they're selling the quest too at a loss like 100 percent. and it's oh, not yeah. at like a small loss either we're, we're probably talking like if any other manufacturer besides meta was selling the the quest 2 it would probably be a 600 dollars headset like they are taking a huge loss up front because they want your data. That's what they want. The alien that is Mark Zuckerberg pretending to be a human being wants your data. So, well, it explains but why it you, sounds like it, it sounds like soon they won't require. Login. Well, you won't have to do that soon. They're dropping that. Sure. Again, on the base model or all of them. All of them, but now you're going to need eventually when they get rid of that, you're then going to need a meta account, which is what Facebook really wants to oh be now, anyways. Yeah, they don't want to be a social uh, platform. Uh, I'm. They don't want to be uh, that. So I'll stop talking. But there's my thoughts on the VR stuff. Moving on uh, to more pinball related stuff. I am finally, finally, getting my alien pinball machine 
last time we talked, I had announced that unless something major happened, uh, it was a done deal. Unfucking fortunately, something major happened, and that deal ended up not working out. Uh, however, I was able to get in touch with someone who had ordered or who had ordered one, but was trying to get out of it. And I just essentially took his spot over. So, yeah, I have an alien standard edition that's sitting on a boat right now. Uh, act like literally it's sitting on a boat with its anchor down off the coast of New York, just fucking sitting there. Supposedly it's, it's going to get unloaded tomorrow. Do you think it's broken <laughs> in the box? No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. We'll see. I, I will. I, I'm very excited to sit down with you in a couple of weeks here, whenever it fucking shows up uh, and talk about its build quality and the ins and outs of it and everything else i'm excited we will see though uh are some famous words that i'm going to use now which is we will see when it gets here eventually because it was supposed to land like four days ago and it didn't uh and we're thinking the alien owners are thinking it's because of the labor shortages Mm -hmm. and there just isn't enough people at the like docks or bays or whatever the fuck you want to call them to unload the stuff quick enough so there's just like a backup of container shipping boats just like it's crazy but supposedly that's what's going on right now so when i do visit we will have to pop the hood on it i want to see like you said the build quality um there wasn't i will say this Well, there was, I ended up finding out that that game though, I actually reached out to the owner tilt. So that game was an actual prototype. It was not meant to be. <laughs> oh, but I never saw it. It was not tilt. supposed to go on location. It was not at uh, tilt when you were there. No. So no, the it was one on location played, for like a week. The one you played yeah. was, uh, okay. Uh, you also said, because the game was very dark that the owner's thread on Pinside said you could turn up the GI a little bit and people found that there was a certain number that did make it playable. Yeah, so I guess the game ships with inserts and GI at the setting of 5 out of 10. And from what I'm reading and understanding, uh, you can set it, you can bump it up to like 7 for both of those. And now magically you can see everything underneath the glass. I don't I don't fucking know why it's not just shipped at seven. Maybe the new ones that are on their way here or in the latest update, it just bumps it to seven. I really, I don't know, but tilts was presumably just set what it came out of the factory, which is five. And that was way too dark, but um, you can turn it up to, I think some people were saying between 10 or 12. I haven't gotten a firm answer on that, but supposedly bumping it up to seven out of 10 instead of five uh, is enough to make it to where you can actually see the, the game and the ball and the shots. Crazy. I know, but yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. I've never played one, so I'm excited to play it. I'm super excited to see the alien eat the ball. <laughs> I, nom, nom, I, nom, nom, nom. I joke that it's going to break, but I hope yours works. It sounds like, They've been doing a lot of customer service and trying to fix things. And I hope that they do because they potentially 
have a new pinball company on their hands, and that would be amazing to have another company make good games that actually can ship. So that's good. I, I, I mean, hope they, I think I hope they get their stuff figured out. I, I think they're they're trying to make the right steps. They threw out a bunch of stuff that was proprietary, original design bullshit and are instead utilizing mechs where they can that are Williams, WPC era mechs. And and that is supposedly helping out a lot. Uh, and they are constantly learning, evolving, and adapting. And I will say that even though I don't even own one yet, I've spoken to Cato, their main support guy, a few emails back and forth, and he generally replies within 12 hours. So like... It's not like they're sleeping on any of this. Um, and everything that I've read in the owner's thread of the like 50 or 75 owners in the United States that currently own one have all echoed the same thing. Like if you're having issues, you generally hear back from them within like a day or two. They'll very frequently, uh, you know, get on a video call or set up a call if they need to on the weekends or at night or whenever, whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, and try to troubleshoot or go through anything if there is like an issue. So, yeah, no, I'm excited, but we shall see, right? Um, that's I'm kind of spoiled by Multimorphic, so we'll see how well they 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 stack up to you know the kings of the industry right now. If you ask me, I mean, customer service can go a long way, right? You can have a game that breaks a lot, but if customer service is there to always be there to assist you. While it's frustrating, you don't hate it, right? Yeah. Right. Where if you have a game from some other manufacturer that keeps breaking, but they don't answer their phone or email, like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, light that shit on fire. (laughs) So uh, with that being said, uh, I think it's time to move on unless there's something else you want to talk about as far as like new announcements stuff. I mean, I went through my game room updates. Um, the only thing I can think of is trying to get a TNA. Yeah, you should do that. But it would it would involve selling skill roll, and <laughs> we've already had one listener reach out and say that that's an awful idea. <laughs> we did. Yeah, you said you were talking to that person. God, I don't remember. My brain is so mushy. Oh, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I really like unique stuff because it makes me feel like I'm a god. Like, hey, I'm this one random person in Duluth that has this game that no one else has. But then no one comes to my house to play it and tell me how cool it is. So it really doesn't mean much because my family does not care. Nobody cares right. in my house. Um, well, then when so I come over and roll, play it, it's like... Oh, it's kind of fun, but it's just a nickel flicker. <laughs> well, no one's really played it yet, but yeah, it is just a nickel flicker. It It's a great party game. Great party game. You yeah. put dollars on it, whatever. But I don't have parties for much. And you because... have very limited space, too. I have limited space. I have limited time Your frame. Your wife isn't exactly happy with it being downstairs, either, from what I've heard, through the grapevines. The skill roll is easier to swallow than a pinball machine, a sixth sixth pinball machine in the basement. 
I've still heard that there's been some strong discussions about uh, <laughs> it not being in that room. I think you're underplaying that a little bit, but that's okay. Maybe move on. <laughs> my father-in-law will put it in his basement with my EM pinball. However, it won't get played much over there, right? Like, I don't know. Mm, you just want to have two games that are constantly broken whenever you go to play them. <laughs> So my thought was, all right, so this isn't going to get played. Like, it's really neat to have. I have a part on or I have a brand new nickel acceptor on order that's CNC'd off the original. And that's pretty much the last missing piece that's unobtainable. And then it was like, if I fix it and it plays, I'm just playing it myself. Like, my kids will play it, but you know, three-year-olds are uh, not amazing at gaming. So it's going to be a couple of years before they can challenge me. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I'm super good, but I might, I don't know, I might sell it. I told my wife, I was like, well, I can sell it if I can get a TNA. And she's like, sweet. Uh, we just... Need to have five games in the basement, so I still have to move a game around. But if I move Metallica to my in-laws' house, then I can have TNA in my house and pump the jams up and get my 80s When? When? When are you going to be able to pump that game? You bitch about how loud the dong is when you try to turn on Monster Bash. Oh, that is so loud. Um, from 8 a.m., well, they wake up at like 5, so from 5 a.m. until about 7 p.m. However, I'm assuming if I turn the music down or off, I can play all night long. It just have to have their door shut and or fans on. Or you turn it on and you don't launch the ball and you just have that... And that's when the kids know that instead of Welcome to the Jungle, that's the song that plays because you're coming after him with the dart gun. <laughs> wow. Like they better a... be in bed. <laughs> you're on a dart gun kick. In time. Absolutely. Shoot the bucks and those. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids have more than a few times messed up our podcast. So, yep. Start on um, time. <laughs> this kind of but this kind of goes on like I kind of need to sell everything at a premium to try to make as much money as I can to then make my TNA purchase happen. So I don't know. It's a thought. I thought it was a good idea. It could be very possible. It's a great so idea. What happened was when I went to your house to play the games recently, I Turned on all well, we turned on all the games, and then we kind of walked down your line. And of course, I've played those games before. Uh, but... Actually, actually, I didn't have TNA on on purpose <laughs> because I know whenever you come over to my fucking house, you just get immediately sidetracked, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just gonna play one more game of TNA," and then you just end up getting sucked into TNA for like twenty or thirty minutes. And I'm like, "Parnell, you're you're over here to play these games, not fucking TNA." Like. We know what you think about TNA. Like you, you love it. It's amazing. You kind of want one. Go play Elvira. Why you're here today? 
Absolutely, because no. <laughs> it was leaving. Uh, 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 like, well, we didn't talk about it until after, but Elvira was like, bow, 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 and I did not want to stop playing TNA, and that has been the case every time I played it. So I think it potentially is time. So that's my only game room update. Otherwise, uh, I've just been putting a bunch of mods in. I put the new speaker grills on my Monster Bash in Medieval today that I got from uh, Switzerland. Guy on Pinside who sells these metal cut. I'm looking for it right now. Here it is. Where is his country? He he does these metal cut lens. I don't know where that is. It's somewhere in Europe. But he does these metal cut speaker grills for the CGC games. And they're pretty cool looking. And finally, I pulled the trigger on it because I had two. And he offered a discount of sorts when you ordered more than one. I think it was on shipping, obviously. But yeah, I I like it. I He hit me up about... I actually asked him about Cactus Canyon. He said, not yet. And then all of a sudden, he hit me up and said, how do you like this? And I said, hey, that looks pretty sweet. There was the two handguns. And it uh, looks like he's made them and has his first order purchased out or bought out. So when my Cactus Canyon actually arrives, I'll probably buy them. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be as cool as they are because the stock ones, it's just the metal circle around the speaker. And now I have, you know, like themed speaker grills and they look pretty cool. (laughs) I had my games on all day while I was working. And uh, when I'd walk by them to get water or food or whatever, I was like, oh, damn, that's so sweet looking. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess the last update I have is I did mod. I did put some mods into Godzilla. Unfortunately, some friend I have forgot to bring some shit over to my house. So it doesn't have all the mods in it. But uh, I do have a replacement Godzilla figure that's interactive from Blur Mods and the interactive... uh, mecha godzilla figure that replaces the stand-up plastic for that on the pro as well so i now have actual godzilla figures in my game so it's like i got a probium uh and then i do have on order with t diddy uh, diddy's mods um i have their tesla coil towers mod that's interactive ordered and i also have their building replacement that's like this really cool 3d printed uh i think it i don't know if it's a sleeve or what the fuck it is but it goes over the the building that it currently comes with and uh i think it looks really cool so i'm pretty excited for that that that's about it (sighs) just brag about your godzilla it's okay dude i fucking love it it's it's great do you scan your stupid QR code every time you play it? Uh, if I have my phone with me, yes. Did you so sometimes figure out a better way to scan your QR than like taking a screenshot of your screen to save? No, because until Stern comes out with an app where I just press a button and it brings up the QR code, that's not going to happen. Because I'm so... not logging into the fucking website to then navigate to the section where I can... Ugh. Talk about shitty user experience. Yeah, so this is the worst user experience. So on the forum, I had read that, hey, take a screenshot of your QR code so you can 
keep it in your photos and then walk up and scan it. And I was like, ah, great idea. Well, I forgot. So I get to Ryan's and I go to scan my freaking phone in because he's like, hey, scan your phone in. Well, then I'm trying to log into the stupid website website on my phone. There's not even an app yet. And I don't know (laughs) if Stern's aware, but you can pretty much make a website an app. Like That's a lot of apps are just websites in an app package, but they haven't done it yet. So it is a S show to try to get your stupid QR code up because there's website on your iPhone or whatever phone you have that's tiny sucks to try to type on all this crap. So I finally get the QR code, take a screenshot. It's in my photo album. But then of course you take pictures and all of a sudden you like lose the photo in your photo album. So you have to favorite it. It's a pain in the buskies. It is. Yeah, it is. No, I, I don't like it. And I take pictures, you know, like it's, it's not like in my gallery, you know, so it, it it's a pain in the ass either way. Cause you're either scrolling through all the pictures you've taken from when you took the screenshot or the screenshot last uh, to then pull it up and, you know, and then it's really easy, but they, they need to just have an app where you fucking click on the app and you enter your username and password. I don't want fucking anything else on the app right now. I just want to be able to type in my info once it save it. And then I just want to tap the app and I want to hit a little button and it just pulled the QR code. This needs to be less than five seconds or it's not fucking uh, helpful. It's just detrimental. And they don't have enough achievements right now that I haven't already collected to where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got to log in. You know, I, I, I got to get online. You know, it's just like, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, I don't fully understand why they haven't done it yet. Because, like, that'd be a way to... Money. Keep, keep you... I guess it's quote-unquote free. Yeah, when they start charging, maybe it'll be the thing. But, like, they haven't made a way for me to want to kind of stay in the Stern Connected Insider. So, we got to move on, because we have a lot to talk about still. Like, we've oh my barely gotten through fucking anything. So, they'd have a 30-minute conversation about flipping the pages. Um, so, hot dogs so... will be next episode. <laughs> hot dogs can be next episode. <laughs> uh, so, okay. we got a feedback... We we got feedback from one of our listeners. Actually, two. Um, do you want to share the feedback you got from the one listener that uh, wrote in? Just to say hey? Yes. So a shout out. Ray King had purchased a P3 after playing Ryan's uh, a year. This year, right? Last year? No, I think it was this year. Oh, my gosh. It was a while ago, though. Yeah, it feels like a while ago. <laughs> And it was a while their... ago. <laughs> they got their P3. They picked a couple different playfields than what I... Yeah, I guess I didn't really pick any playfields. They got different playfields than I did. And Ray has been kind enough to keep submitting uh, emails to us to kind of just chit-chat and give us updates on their P3 experience. They've had a few problems with their crane on the heist, but he did say that Jerry and TJ have been fantastic uh, doing... Uh, video calls with them and helping them over the phone and everything to get the the crane fixed and that's all working now so congrats to them for getting a, their game up and i hope it stays working that's why i said in the email back to them and they 
also said congrats to you and Chelsea for getting married at Tilt. But they were just checking yeah, in. It was pretty great. Well, and we're super happy that we have listeners to check in. So, Ray, thank you so much. And I can't remember your daughter's name, Ray. She was oh, my nice. God. I, I'm going to look it I up. Hope I, bump, I hope I bump into you guys uh, at a launch party soon because uh, it'd be great to catch up. And uh, if you both drink, I'll, uh, first beer's on me. So, uh, but besides Ray and did you find Ray's daughter's name? No. I want to say it was Sam, Samantha. Oh my gosh. You are going to get just slapped. Uh, next time I see him for sure. I kind of deserve it. It's been a minute since we spoke to Ray King. Okay. So. He, she even called you out on the email. They did. Uh, oh, Abby. Holy shit. It wasn't Sam at all or Samantha. It's Abby. So <sighs> Ray and Abby, thank you guys so much for all the feedback and reaching out to us regularly. We're super happy to hear that you guys got your Multimorphic P3. And I'm very thankful that Multimorphic has been taking care of you as they do everyone uh, in giving you that world-class customer service that uh, everyone deserves. Um, do you remember, did they buy the Cosmic Cart? They bought Lexi and they bought Heist. Okay. I was talking they about that. Cosmic Cart. But yeah. yes. He was it. like, do I get Cosmic Cart or the new game? And I was like, I don't know. I'm in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> all all the of them? Answers both, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> get a second the job. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start working at Subway on overnights just to make, <laughs> make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, the correct answer is all of them. Fucking all of them. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully but, um, Nick releases his playfield. There's also a new member to the Discord uh, P3 group that said they were interested in making games playfield as well. So I hope more people make this kind of stuff because this playfield is even easier than a homebrew pinball because the SDK is already there. Everything's already set up for you. All you need to do is work within the guidelines. And it's done. And you can even have P3 make it for you. Just hit him up and see what the details and money are. Yes. Yes. And again, Abby, I'm very sorry. I could not forget you. I, I, I'm sorry. I couldn't remember your name. Not forget it. Uh, he says that, that, but he, but he wants to tranquilize my children. So just, just remember that. Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, we also got feedback from Justin, uh, and Justin kind of had, oof, it was a short a story, man. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was like a Halo novel. I think it was, <laughs> it was definitely a short story, uh, at minimum. And hey, that's great, because that gives us stuff to talk about. It allows us to be more interactive with our listeners, so. Oh, totally. Guys, it, I loved it. It was feel free to message us or email us. Like we're happy to talk about shit. You want us to talk about like his feedback. I though, was like a solid episode. So this will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing that I kind of got from it is he was kind of calling me out. Well, pretty much the whole letter feedback was just him calling me out. But uh, specifically, he said, does not going downstairs mean you don't like love your machines? Why can't you own a game because you like it slash love it, but don't run down to play it constantly? Like, 
So his whole point was, is just because you aren't running down there to play the new shiny thing, doesn't mean that it's not worth keeping. And I think that that's a fair point, but for me personally, um, I don't exuberate the amount of monies that would need to come out of my asshole (laughs) to just continue to get new games all the time without selling old ones. So for me personally, if I want the new exciting fun thing that I think is going to replace uh, the, you know, old busted ass thing, uh, I need to sell it. That's of course figurative. Um, So I think for me, that's why that has to happen. Uh, But he's not wrong in saying that. I think that you can um, keep a game that you like because you like it enough. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk about that because that's something coming up down the list. But Parnell, what are your kind of thoughts about that? Um, that is how I've ran my basement for the last four-ish years. Uh, everything in my collection prior to the current or the recent shakeup, I had just kept. It was just, these are unique, uh, supposedly the internet loves them, so I've kept them. And I just did it, right? Like, I loved the themes. Ghostbusters, Tron, Lord of the Rings. Like, I just... I, li- I had liked them, and so I kept them. I didn't do it because I played them a lot. I didn't do it because I loved the pinball machine. I just did it because I... They were unique, uh, rare, quote-unquote, and highly sought after, and f- fun in relative terms. So it's hard to talk about in a very black and white way, but he, I agree, has a point. Like, for instance, Tron. I would come down the basement, and I would actually turn Tron on because I knew it was a fast and... It would be be a fast game. I was going to say fast and fun. (laughs) Pinball's not always fun. I get a lot of angry. But it was a fast game. Some nights I want to. There's some nights I want to just fucking throw Godzilla outside. Just like pick it up, just like throw it on my fucking shoulder, like not break it down or anything, and just chuck it out the fucking sliding door. Like pinball can be very frustrating. So yes, yeah, and uh, I think like uh, his one example is Ghostbusters. Um, do I do I miss it? Yeah, I actually do. It. Probably is the one machine I were, I wouldn't say regret, but it's the one I miss the most. But I also, it was the one machine I didn't want to play the most. And when I did play the new code, I kind of liked it, and I kind of didn't. It was fun to have a fresh code update, but at the same time when I played it, and I, dude, I'm not good at pinball. I do randomly have really good games. I had a really good game and it would not stop giving me uh, extra balls and everything's on default. I have all the posts, everything's on default and I find that annoying. I shouldn't be able to get three extra balls on a random game. It's, it doesn't fully make sense to me. Um, but I did like, I love the call-out mix-ups. I love the mix-ups on being able to start different modes at different times. Although I didn't hate the original code. But I just didn't want it 
the game didn't intrigue me to play it all the time. Do I miss it? Yeah, but it's more of the nostalgic love of Ghostbusters. But like Ninja Turtles, I used to love, I used to have Ninja Turtles. I used to watch the cartoon all the time. I played yours. And my first thought was, I don't like this game. So part of it really comes down to uh, nostalgia and how much you like the theme and the music. Like Tron. I fucking love Tron Legacy, the movie. I love the music. I own the soundtrack, remixed and original, and the cart animated series uh, soundtrack. Like, I'm in it. I'm glad they haven't made a third movie until it's actually quality. I want a third one, but I want it to be quality. I get it. I like it a lot. But the game, it's very basic, right? Which is fun to have a very straightforward, easy... It's not easy, but a very straightforward game in your basement. But I've had it for... I had it before I was married, so I don't know. Six years or something crazy. And sometimes it's just like, you're over it. Lord of the Rings. I love that game. The callouts were amazing. But when you get to the Destroy the Ring a handful of times, it's the same. Like, it's the same process every time you do it. Now, Medieval Madness is the same, and Monster Bash is the same. But I think that they're fun while you're doing it. And also, Monster Bash is my current wife's favorite game. So it's different. Because I'm not thinking of selling it. Because I'm trying to get her to enjoy pinball with me. But after you own a few of these games for six years, it's like, it's okay to move them on? Like, am I going to miss Tron? Yeah, I mean, I have stupid amounts of stuff for it. I'll miss it. But I think I'll have more fun playing something new. Like a TNA. Uh, And the TNA hasn't gotten old when I've played it multiple times. And I own the soundtrack. No, I mean, <laughs> TNA is definitely one of those one more game. Just one more game. Uh, it I is. have a good game. It is it's stupid about a one more game. It is the epitome of one more game. I, I, I think I've said it before, and I'll say it a thousand times again. TNA is a love letter to pinball. And you can tell. I think Scott absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I think it literally complements any game room just between the aesthetics, the soundtrack, the light shows. I mean, it's just fucking just, just all of it. Like if somebody tomorrow hit me up and was like, Hey, I have seven or $8,000, you know, whatever the going rate of a TNA is or nine, apparently for a nice one, you know, I have that amount of money. And I don't want to get just like necessarily, I don't know, something mainstream or I, you know, I just want something unique like TNA. Someone hits me up and they're like, hey, man, I'm having car problems. I'm going to be like, did you try TNA? Because that might fix your problem. (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, uh... seriously, it's God, it's just so fucking good. And I, I don't get it. I don't get how people can own it and get rid of it. I, I I don't understand. I can see I can see how people get rid of it. Like it's if they have a tiny collection. Like if they had two games and well Okay. 
Hang on. Maybe? I can Maybe. see if they have a small collection or they think that they need ramps or they don't fully understand or they don't do co-op. I mean, I don't know how many times me and you did co-op when I was at your house. Not not this last yeah, time, I mean, but a bunch of other times. I mean, like, I love doing the co-op. Yeah, we still played three or four games co-op the last time you came down when I was yelling at you <laughs> to stop playing it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I mean, and yeah, I would yell at you, but then you'd start a co-op. I was like, well, I guess I'm fucking playing TNA. Like, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like I just turned the machine off and I'm like, get the fucking review in the games you came down here for. Like, I still played it with you every time and it's, you know, I didn't bitch. So, no, I... If you have a collection where you have the space to to have three games or more, I really think you're fucking sleeping if you don't have the TNA in the collection. That's uh, my personal opinion. Especially but. if you enjoy the '80s like stuff, where like me, like me, I wanted to get an '80s game. I wanted a classic Stern, and I or a System Eleven, and I had a Swords of Fear in my basement for a little while. And I enjoyed it, but then my buddy sold it. And then I got a Stern Galaxy, and I fixed it up. And then I sold it, because it was, well, well, it's not the most loved Stern electronics. And so part of me is like, well, if I get a TNA, it's like uh, everything in an 80s game. Plus I get the light show and the music, and the light show and the music, and a Powerball. It's deep. Uh, I mean, it is, it's not super deep, but it's we, challenging we, enough deep. We got to like reactor five or something, six. No, I, I think we either started. I think we finished four and we're trying to get to five on a co-op game. Okay. Just a two player co-op. But yeah. And then I think on my own, I've gotten to like reactor five once. But that I mean, does not happen. Often. If it was me and I had it in my house, I'd do a four-player game, all co-op, and I would just play by myself. I'd love it. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so part of me, this is like filling my 80s. Now, I don't love the price these are going for. I don't. I think it's ridiculous that they're this up, but I, it's well, the market. But, Gotta I mean, pay to this, play. It, yeah. Well, and that whole, like, cake and eat it, right? Like, we we tried at one time trading your Tron for a TNA. Oh, we did. <laughs> yep. Like straight trade. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, probably a let's, good let's let's probably good that didn't happen. carefully around that subject, my good sir. Like let's let's tiptoe carefully because you can't have your cake and eat it. Like uh, so, but in either case, next question. Because I think we we nailed that one pretty good. Mm-hmm. Does renting make sense if you wanted to have a new hotness for a short time <sighs> to to maybe like Oop. figuratively cure that itch? Totally. I even asked Ryan. I wanted so when Nikki wanted a Monster Bash, I said, "Hey, I, the first thing I think I told you was like, hey, I need to rent this. There's none to rent." Yeah, I mean, if you want a stern. There's a very high likelihood that if as long as you want a Stern Pro, it should be pretty easy to find a rental. Or like but when you start crappy old game path. Yes. Yeah. Older games. Okay, let's not use crappy. 
<laughs> I I would like system ones are just like plentiful. Like people would love to rent out their system one so that they could pay it off because a one month rent is like paid for. Right. I mean, I uh, most of the rental places that I know of in Minnesota, it's generally Stern Pros. You might see a Jersey Jack in there, like one single sprinkled in. Uh, but ninety eight percent of it's stern. So if you wanted, if you wanted a stern game, man, you're fucking golden. But like CGC, spooky, um, you know, unless maybe like a Rob Zombie because somebody literally can't sell it. Um, you know, most of those games that aren't stern are going to be harder to find rentals for. It's not impossible, but it's going to be pretty hard. So I think renting does make sense if a you can find it and b it's something you're comfortable spending because like if you're gonna rent a game you should really only get it for a month and you should totally haggle and try to negotiate on price because like 450 dollars or 500 dollars for a machine for one month i mean it's if you can put 500 games on it in a month then it's the same price as going to play arcades every day the difference is is you don't have the drive time and everything else. So if you can put a couple hundred plays on a machine in that month, like, hell yeah, that's that's a great buy. But if you're only going to play it like 50 or 100 times, it's a terrible like financial decision, theoretically. But it might tell you whether you really want one or not. So I don't think renting's bad. I think it just has a few like uh, considerations you have to make. And you might have to ask around a bunch yeah i i don't mind spending that money up front to make sure i don't like or like a game uh but where i live there's nothing up here like there's a collector who is not active and there's me and there's a couple collectors as well that don't aren't active i I, how's that i don't even know how to say like there's not really community up here so like I haven't been invited to someone else's house to play pinball beyond my friend, but there's a couple other collectors that just kind of stay themselves. So like until they're crazy, there's a population to support it, but yeah, there's just, there's not much up here, but down the cities it's banana town and there's two or three people that rent out games. Yeah. I still can't find people to come over to my fucking house though, except for you. Nobody wants to come hang out with me. Well, I call my friends and they all tell me no. So, I can't. Okay, so should you keep a pin if you love it and everyone else hates it? Should you keep a pin if you love it and everybody else hates it? Yes, that's the question. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that to a point. I, th- I think the catch is is it depends if you've had the game for a long time. I guess if you have had the game for a while and a while's relative, but if you've had the game for a while and whenever you are having friends come over and you get to enjoy doing like a full pinball night with your buddies, which I think is probably the most fun you can have uh, in your basement with your clothes on. um, I I think that does kind of speak to you know, yeah, you shouldn't curate your basement for other people. But at the same time, if you brought something else in and people wanted to play it, like, is that worth a 
change up in your lineup. I guess this I think, is my only point. I think it depends on how much you have people over. So, like, I used to run a weekly league tournament, so it made sense. But now we don't do that. And I've been talking about someone, my mom asked me about it. And it was like, oh, maybe it'll be a once-a-month thing so that it's important to people so they don't just skip it if it's every week. But that's still, like, four or five people, and that's it. Right. Um, And they don't, they're not pinball people, so they don't care. They just want to play a pinball machine. I could have only System 1s and System 3s, and they'd be same happiness when they came over. So I don't know if it matters at that point. But to me, my new mode of operation is what is fun for me and the family? To your point, Ryan, how do I get my family to play pinball more often so that we enjoy my basement, my game room section? And that is to have, quote unquote, shallow fun games, which oddly enough, are becoming all 90s Williams games. <laughs> and a P3. Right. <laughs> yep. So, um, I mean, obviously we know my stance on it. I'll keep a game around if other people don't love it, but I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I think it just comes down to uh, the specific title and if I end up not liking it as much because no one else likes it. All my sense. friends, all my pinball friends up here loved my lineup. And I've sold all the games that they loved. Tron, Lord of the Rings, Ghostbusters, they're all gone. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't have to tell you. I'd right. love to be able to keep everything, but yeah, it just can't fit. Well, it's space, but then it's also fucking money, man. Like, this this hobby's only getting more expensive, it seems like, every about, Ryan? day. I'm a, I'm a millionaire. Okay, well, you can afford it. I can't. You're always upgrading your house and doing shit. I'm not doing any of that because I don't have a million dollars like you do, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you know me and the, my house upgrades. Do it by yourself. DIY, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, Justin then went on in his uh, love note to me to call out how I've gotten rid of uh, two grail pins now. And mm. have not felt bad because I'm awful. So uh, what I'm, of are course, those... summarizing. What are the grail pins? Uh, turtles mm. and mm-hmm. Attack from Mars. Mm. So here's the funny part. And then totally start telling well, maybe story. Maybe he's talking about, or maybe he's talking about Attack from Mars and Black Knight. I don't know, but yeah. Okay, it, it'll be the same. So... In that new little Facebook group we have, someone said that they wanted a medieval madness. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay, right? Like, it's it was my number one want when I was new to the hobby. Because it was number one. Now that I've owned it, I'm sitting here like, well, it's fucking not worth 14 grand. That's ridiculous. I don't know what game is worth that much money. So, it's interesting... DNA. Yeah, I don't know about that. But it's interesting. P3. <laughs> P3s were a ten and a half, right? Which is the highest. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's one game. 
So, yeah. You know. It's interesting that, I don't know, a, a game has this, uh, like, the herd mentality can swing people, but I don't know. I mean, you've played it. it playing a game on route can be different than playing a game at your house. 100%. And I I like I like medieval a lot, but I don't think I would pay 14,000 for it. I think that's ridiculous. It's it's a good game, but it's not like 14,000 because it's it's medieval. It's an easy 90s game. I don't I don't know the, I don't know. You have to literally play it. Figure out if it's worth it. So like yeah, everybody I, I I've known with that one. I know I have a friend who's kind of out of the hobby now, but he had a AFM and it was bolted to the floor. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I saw it for sale and it's like, what? And he's like, I'm done with it. So I have a really hard time with people like talking about, Oh, it's bolted to the floor yet. No, it's not. It's just, you haven't had the right offer yet. Um, I don't, I have a hard people who don't, own it think it's the greatest game and then when you own it you think you come to realize that like it's just a game before i owned medieval i thought it's the number one game and i thought it was the greatest thing on the on the planet and then you play it and you own it for eight years or whatever however long i've owned it six and it's like yeah it's all right the kit the upgrade kits definitely helped reignite my love for it but it's just this game like if you compared Medieval to me playing Godzilla for the first time and having that much fun for half the price, uh, why would I? The, I would only be buying Medieval for the callouts, right, and the theme. So it's very. Uh, it's going to be different for every single person. I don't know what to tell you. There's no. There's no right answer. Yep. So then the the final question uh, that Justin had for us was. Uh, what are five machines that you own or would own that you would never, ever, ever sell? And I have my list, but there's a few question marks at the end of them. But I can firmly say I have three out of my five. What about you, Parnell? Do you think your five, you could safely say that that five, like if you had that, you you might swap one out another six years down the road or something kind of deal. But for the most part, you'd probably hold on to that set of five that you have. Are you talking about my lineup or this list? The list. <sighs> hmm. Cause you are right. Anything has a price, but there's some stuff on my list anyways that, I mean, sure it's for sale, but you're, you're not going to buy it. <laughs> Uh, that was my medieval, right? Because of my legal issue. Right. Uh, right. However, <laughs> now that the prices are ridiculous, I could probably make a dollar on my game. So it's pretty exciting. Well, um, considering you more or less bought two of them. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So my list, we, we've joked, is Totan, which is the game that got me into pinball. Medieval Manus, TNA, Monster Bash LE, and a P3. And, I mean, that's a solid fucking lineup. That's a mixed lineup. Yeah, yeah. I. 
my thing, I could have this list and I could be happy for years. Because that's Yep, I think that's all we can say, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, like Yeah, but I can't tell you how often I would play those games. Right. Like in like well, in a in, year, I don't know if I'll be playing my games every day, right? Like do they still excite me? I don't know. Maybe. I I think that we could say uh, if if me and you each came into I don't know some amount of money or whatever down the road, I think that that our two lineups we presumably would not get rid of, uh, especially if pinball suddenly got like cheaper somehow just for us. I, I don't know how. I'm just trying to I guess connect the dots here, right? I think some of it's going to come down to is there something that's new that's coming out that like you don't like you don't want to sell something else, but you have to kind of situation. Um, or, you know, were you just able to save up for it and then you can just add one. But like in your case, you're space limited. I mean, you could maybe get a sixth or a seventh and like throw it at somebody else's house to swap something else in. But I mean, for the most part, like you're pretty fucking locked in at five for your house, for your basement. And whether that's swapping out just someone else's house or selling it, I mean, it's kind of the same, but not at the end of the day, obviously one way you still own it, the other you don't, but it's not at your house. So it no longer is in that lineup. But for me, you know, my lineup, my, like, we're going to use air quotes here, never, ever, forever lineup of five games, uh, three of them, I'm 100%. Uh, That's the P3. I did, I did call outs and I'm hoping that that's not the last time I do call outs on that machine. I'm never fucking getting rid of that. It's like legitimately, literally bolted to the floor. Um, plus it has all the expandability, new games that come out. They only cost chump change in comparison. That That's just, that's easy. Um, another one is definitely total nuclear annihilation. And me and Parnell were joking earlier and he's like, well, you know, you'd sell it if somebody offered you some amount of money. And I'm like, yeah, you know, probably like, like a Dodge Viper, maybe just for that one game, like maybe then, but I mean, you're talking like 40 to $50,000. So unless that happened, I'm, I'm not getting rid of TNA and uh, Rick and Morty. Those are the three that like, I absolutely fucking love. Uh, and Rick and Morty has been on a crazy price jump along with TNA, it seems like in the last six months. Um, So we'll see on those. But even right now, even if my Rick and Morty was the highest priced one at like 15 or $16,000, I wouldn't sell it. It's not happening. Even if it was up and somebody offered to pay me full price. No, absolutely not. Um, The other two would be... uh, we're going to, I put presumably before it, but presumably alien. And then I had a question mark at the end because I really, 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 really love the fucking theme. Like me and Chelsea all over our house have xenomorph and alien stuff, memorabilia, everything. Like we are actually huge alien slash xenomorph fans. So as long as the game does game things and not just broken things and the game's code continues to get better i could totally see it 
being a bolted to the floor scenario. Um, and then the last one, I honestly don't know. Um, I put Wizard of Oz just as like a fill in. And then I put slash TBD because those are the ones that I could comfortably say like are actual, like never ever kind of situation. But I don't know. Wizard of Oz, I'm not so sure on. I mean, it was a really big factor in like pushing innovation and pinball. I think that was a really big like middle finger to to Stern when it came out because Stern was playing with dot matrix displays still and Wizard of Oz over here like, hey, look at me. I got a fucking 27 inch screen over here. I'm fucking beautiful. (laughs) Oh, Stern, that's cool. You only have on your LEs uh, color changing inserts only for the arrows. That's super cool, man. Look at this. Our whole fucking GI's RGB like. I think it pushed. I think it pushed the envelope for innovation there, um, but eh, I still don't know if it'd be a forever. I have four. Hmm, that's a good point. Like uh, for you, Alien, how do you get? Even if the game was like mediocre, how do you get rid of it? Because it's one of your favorite themes. Like for me, if they released a Bride of Pin, not Bride of Pin, but uh, Princess Bride. Uh, Harry Potter, Hydro Thunder, Legacy of Kane, like Tomb Raider. It'd be so hard to get rid of that game because of the theme. Like, look how long I own Tron or Ghostbusters. It took me forever to finally, like, loosen up my theme grip. Well, that's only when it was worth (laughs) bucks more than what you paid for it, too. Yeah, but, like, if you bought a game today, I don't know how much it would go up once the market um, is able to get the chips to make games, right? Like, once games are actually able to be sold, I don't know if the market's going to be this nuts. I mean, it probably will, or it might settle down a little bit, but I don't think it's, I don't think we're going back to where we were because anybody, no, that that anybody that's a capitalist is going to say, well, why am I going to reduce my prices just because X, Y, Z when they've already been historically selling for like this? I don't know. We'll see. I'm not an economicist. We're we're not getting to the prices I paid for games, but like, I think we'll be able to get games where you can buy one after they've been out and not pay more than MSRP. Maybe. It really depends how Stern ends up handling all this. Well, we have to actually get games in the market. Like there's not enough games in the market. So once the mark, once the demand can be met, then prices might even out. I mean, but I think it's almost beneficial to these distributors for them to purposely starve the market like this. Yeah, but they're not making money. You want to know better? Oh. <laughs> but if I you guarantee don't have a, you they are making money. But if you don't have a game to sell, I mean, if you're an old, a new only, there's no games to sell. You're only getting like a couple from Stern, a couple from everybody else. Like unless you're selling used yeah. stuff, which is where you should be, there's nothing no, to sell. But, no, well... I'm what? kind of confused. What do you mean? So if if someone if I'm a Stern distributor, how can I make money? Stern's not selling games. Like I get one or two Godzillas, then I'm waiting until the next run of whatever they're making. Like they're not making enough games for me to make a living. Uh, well, I think the ones that are doing it for a living are still getting by because they're probably selling fifty or a hundred games a month. 
even just in deposits and pre-orders and Stern's going to prioritize them over everyone else. And that's why, you know, certain distributors, uh, you know, are getting 50 machines instead of two. Cause I can yeah. tell you right now, I don't want to throw Melissa at coin taker under the bus, but I guarantee fucking Tia when they do a run, she ain't getting no two of any specific game. She's getting no, like, but she's two with known. another zero behind it. <laughs> I'm not a known person. I if I was just a normal distributor for Duluth Superior, potentially I sell ten games, not a, a year or month, but like m- m- every new game that comes out, I get you know under five. I can't make Stern's going to now cut me down to like one because they can't right because they're trying to give everybody else has to get one or two. So. Until the market allows them to be able to ship more games, there's just there's not going to be anything there. I mean, I think they lucked out a Mandalorian selling out because that game's not that great of a game. I mean, I think that the distributors don't like the current situation that we're in. I think Stern loves it. I think the actual manufacturers love the situation that we're in. I think distributors they raise are their prices, it. they sell out. I think yeah, right. They, they don't have to hold on to inventory anymore. As soon as they pump those machines off the line, man, they're, they're gone. There's not a question. It's not a stranger thing scenario where they have fucking a hundred of them piling up in their storage area. Like, no, like they, they get done with a game. It goes in a box, man, that motherfucker's out next day and it's going to somebody's house or, or some location. And I think just, you know, I think a lot of these distributors are learning for better and for worse that if they purposely hold back and don't produce as fast as they could, it's more beneficial for them because then they don't have product that they're sitting on. Now, I mean, spooky since the beginning has kind of had this thing where they don't build a ton of games. It's all limited release. So I don't think that they're having the same problem or, or seeing the same benefit necessarily as like Stern and Jersey Jack and CGC. I think the big boys are seeing that, well, I can just not produce as many games. I mean, fuck for the longest time, American games or American pinball, not American games, American pinball. They had Houdini's and Oktoberfests and whatever. And it seemed like that was the only thing distributors fucking had to sell. And then I think American got smart and they're like, you know what? Fuck this. Like we could have a bunch of games ready to ship. But if we create the same shortage that Stern's doing, what's going to happen? And now you can't find those games and people are begging. Like I was talking to a distributor the other day that said he has four Oktoberfests pre-ordered. Four of them. Yeah, but if American stops making games to create scarcity, then they don't have employees working. So unless they're making games and putting them in a warehouse to save and trickle out, then they're not paying employees. I think the belts were already tightened, though, at the oh, beginning of COVID. Because the pandemic. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I think the pandemic already set in motion the like, our belts are having to tighten down. And then we get hit with the shortages and everything else. And I mean, it was a trickle, trickle kind of thing. But I think now they're all at the point where they're like, well, fuck, like we could pump out more games, but we aren't going to be as profitable as far as like at the end of the day, when we're done building these 50 machines, they're all pre sold. Whereas before, yeah, we could be pumping out 100, but we were only selling 50. (laughs) 
like we weren't making as much money, but now we make more money with less people, which in turn saves us money. So we have more money. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Cause I very much am on the side of the fence that I don't think that Stern wants it to go back to what it was before. I definitely don't think they do. I think the other manufacturers might obviously be more willing to, but I think Stern and possibly JJP are really liking where people are literally banging on their fucking doors like they never have since probably what the sixties or seventies when people just couldn't get enough pinball machines. Like it's unprecedented how crazy the market is right now. <laughs> it is wild. And yeah. I mean the, the, the $2,000 price bumps on Stern's uh, I'm sure that's helping too, Ugh. but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But anyways, moving on. Um, the last thing I thought that we would talk about should be a quicker topic is uh, what do we use to move our machines? How do we move them? And what do we do when we need to move more than one? Because I thought this would be a quick, like, 10 or 15 minute discussion max. Uh, and then, you know, we hope to get through that. So, Parnell, uh, what do you use to move your machines around? Okay, so everybody's situation on where your game and how it has to leave your house or location is different. Luckily, yes. I can roll straight out into my garage, out to my driveway. So to get a game out of my house, I just use, I take the game out of the line, and if I'm shipping it or moving it, I usually fold the head, wrap it, bring my, I have sold my pinball lift like a real pinball lifter i sold that and got a harbor freight thousand pound lift bench thing dolly and i modded it with uh so the handle could fold both ways instead of just forward and i pump my game up take the legs off wrap the legs up and i roll it right out i also have a two-wheeler two-wheel dolly it's not the furniture one, it's a standard one. And it has the hard wheels, so it kind of screws me every so often going over bumps and stuff. Um, my driveway is not even. And a couple of the. What do you call those people that pick up your games when you ship them? Shippers or whatever? Movers? Yeah. I swear have almost tipped a game over when they were leaving on a pallet walking on my driveway. So. It's a not level driveway, but I usually park up close to my garage and the, the lifter is nice because I can pump it up to the height of my SUV or truck bed and that my truck, I can pump the lifter up to the top and it's almost at the beginning of the tailgate. So it's really easy to lift in. Then to roll it into my SUV or truck, I have, I put a piece of cardboard down. I have a piece of cardboard that I've saved for a while that's long and pretty beat up, but the cardboard really allows the game to slide. And then I also have one-inch PVC rollers that I use uh, that are just enough to go the width of the game that if I need to use those to either get over a hump, like uh, in the back of was it my Jeep Wrangler and a Ford Escape, where the back cargo area goes into a transitions to a seat, there's usually a like a gap, 
So I'll put like the PVC roller there so it kind of helps bridge the gap or just let the game roll in smooth and then I pull them out when I go to leave. And if I need to take more than one game, uh, my truck bed has taken a couple games. Otherwise, I rent a enclosed trailer if it's going to be a longer expedition. Otherwise, it's just been one game at a time. I think that's how I move them. Biggest thing is when the game is folded, the height of the game versus the opening of your SUV. And that is now trickier because new SUVs as of 2013 have started turning into city SUVs where they really slope that back hatch and it's making it really hard to get games in the back of your quote-unquote SUV. I will echo that because to get a Stern, a modern LCD Spike 2 Stern into my Jeep, Grand Cherokee, the 2019, I essentially have to put enough wrapping slip you know, enough wrap around it to where I'm like, literally, it's like, I don't want to use the word scraping. It is literally rubbing the whole way in on the ceiling fabric of the opening of my Jeep Grand Cherokee because I measured it. I got the dimensions off of wherever the fuck I got them from, but it's still not, I mean, it's enough, but barely. I mean, it's tight. Uh, I mean, we're talking if it was a eighth of an inch, a quarter of an inch more, it would not fit physically into that Jeep Grand Cherokee. So, um, yeah, you can measure all day long, but measuring it and actually fitting the whole pin in there are different. They are not the same. Now, if you have a 31 and a half inch, I think, opening from the bottom to the top. I think you have a pretty good chance of it's going to be really, really snug, but you can do it on a new Stern. WPC Williams is nowhere near as tall. That's an easy slide in, slide out situation. Um, the Multimorphic just ain't going to fit. <laughs> I don't think they make an SUV anymore that has a large enough opening to for, for a, a Multimorphic P3. Because I think it's like, what, five inches taller than a modern Stern? Like it was no way thirty. Yeah, it was thirty five or thirty six inches tall. Yeah, and a stern I think folded. is thirty one. Yeah, or and thir- it's no, it's thirty two. Well, whatever it is. So yeah, I thought it was like thirty or thirty one. But in either case, uh, that's my machine when I'm hauling uh, one pinball machine at a time. I'm using my Jeep as long as it'll fit. Um, I have my pins in a basement just like Parnell does, except I am on a split level. Now I do have a walkout basement uh, that is sliding double doors. I could go out and around the house and up a small hill to the front. However, I do not do that um, because it's a pain in the ass. I don't have a paved area and I couldn't imagine even the small hill that I have walking up it in the middle of winter. I've walked up steeper slopes in the middle of winter moving in a pin outside from a walkout basement out to the front but it fucking sucks uh and i've dropped a game on myself more than once uh when going up a slippery hill and my feet slipping out from underneath me my feet throwing themselves under the machine on under the dolly and then the whole front of the machine just comes slamming down on either my ankles 
or my like chest stomach and that sucks. So don't do that. Instead, I break my machine down in the basement, wrap it, you know, put the head down, take all the balls out, um, completely get it ready as if I was going to ship it. Uh, and then I pull it up the seven stairs that I have from the basement to the entryway of my split level. And then I go out into the garage, which is down two steps. Um, so I go up seven to go down two or up two and then down seven, depending upon if I'm bringing the game into the house or in the game out of the house. And uh, I just use a normal dolly. I am really considering maybe next year buying a stair climber. Uh, not because I need to, but because the P3, I'm planning on continuing to bring it to shows uh, that are local in the area. And that's a heavy machine, man. That thing sucks to move up and down stairs. So if I can make it easy, er, uh, I'll probably do that. Uh, and then the last thing, what do I do when I move more than one? Easy. Enclosed U-Haul. Fucking takes the guesswork out of it. I think you can get a, was it six by 12 enclosed U-Haul trailer for like $22 or $30 a day. Just, just do it. Um, that's, that's what I do when I go to conventions and I'm bringing, you know, five or six games with me, I'm going to U-Haul and I'm renting a U-Haul trailer. Cause otherwise it's just, you're going to have a bad time. Um, yeah. I mean that, more or less is how I do it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, measure doors before you get a pinball up on stairs and are trying to get it in slash out of a house. <laughs> like what? measure doorways. Because the head <laughs> is what, like 29 inches wide? It, yeah, I think so. It fits a 32-inch door when it's open, but it's a 32-inch door open is actually like 30 because the door is still there and I can't like for me, I can't open my basement door all the way. So I only have a, every game I brought in has been like, just, just fits with yeah. big buck hunter. I had to take the door off the hinges cause it was legit. The size of the door frame. Yeah. I, when I'm moving pins in, or out of the garage door. It unfortunately is not the larger the 35 inch wide door that they have specifically 36. to be able to get like 36. Yeah. I don't have the, the mega door to my garage. Unfortunately, uh, that's my front door, which is right next to the garage door. They're, they're both right next to each other. I could go out and around that way, but it generally just makes more sense for me to just, go out through the garage um it's tight but that's why i put a lot of saran wrap a, a gracious amount of not saran wrap but uh packaging wrap around the head completely and normally the whole pin uh so that way even if you kind of like rub up against something it doesn't actually fuck anything up so um there's one thing i can suggest you almost unless you're literally using like half a roll for one game there is no such thing as too much uh, packing wrap because that wrap can totally save your ass uh, from small nicks and scrapes and i think personally 
you can really tell somebody that doesn't move machines around a lot when they're going to sell a game and they're like, yeah, you know, I got a Nick or a couple Nicks on the side of the head. And it's like, probably unbox that game, took it off the pallet. Nobody told you to wrap the game because they're like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. And then you run into that scenario where you got a 32 inch wide door and all it takes, man, is just one slight, just like, that's it. <laughs> that vinyl's probably damaged. So wrap your games. It, it costs the, the, the $5 or $2 you're going to use in wrap will save your, your back box or the rest of your decals on your machine on the small stuff, like the small bumps into the door frame or something. Cause shit like that happens. And the more frequent you move machines, the more likely you are to like have in a scenario where it, you know, you aren't like dragging it down the whole fucking door frame, but shit happens when you're popping it up and getting it like over the entryway door, little thing down at the bottom, like the machine can kind of rock one way or the other and quickly just like kiss the door frame. Like shit happens. So wrap your games. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I have run into a couple of issues, and one of them is stairs that have landings partway up. Oh yeah, fuck that. That's just no, no. <laughs> so take the one machine of my... completely apart. <laughs> <laughs> one of my buddies completely. had a townhome, and uh, it's going to be hard to explain. But you walk into the front door, and there's a set of stairs, like I don't know, eight stairs. It hits a landing. Then the stairs continue going straight down into the laundry room. So it's almost like a, a bridge. But then if you take a left, it goes up the stair, a bigger staircase straight to the upstairs, like the main floor. But the landing was not all that big. So we would bring a game up that first mini set of stairs. Then, because it was on a dolly, we'd have to take the dolly out, bring it up the big set of stairs, turn the game put the dolly back under it, which was tight because the game was up against the wall. And then we'd have to bring the game up the next set. So you also have to think about any landings on the stair set staircase. I think you've known people that have that and they say, Oh, you have to move it. Don't bang up my house while you're moving it, but oh, I'm not I helping. And, I went and helped a buddy pick up a Gilligan's Island. Uh, it's probably almost two years ago now, probably in Chicago that he had won on an eBay auction, uh, caught somebody sleeping. And yeah, we showed up to this dude's house. And I mean, the guy was nice enough, uh, but you know, we get into his house and it was a larger house and he's like, all right, well, it's upstairs. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm looking and it's one of those staircases where it like goes up. And then the architect or whoever designed the house was just like, fuck you and does like a sharp <laughs> 90 degree with like no landing space from the one set of stairs up to the second. And then there's another 90 degrees where turn with the same amount of like next to no space where the stairs actually then attach to the upper level of the house. And that sucked. Uh, and yep. Same thing. He's like, Hey, uh, so, you know, I know I probably could have had it moved downstairs, but you know, that was just going to be more money out of my pocket. And so, you know, you guys are going to have to move it and please don't nick my walls up. Well, I fucking nicked his wall and, 
he was kind of upset. And I was like, look, I really tried not to, but you know, how did the movers do it? He's like, Oh, they just had two super burly guys that just like picked it up and walked it up the stairs. And I was like, well, I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. So you work with what you got, but some people, man, they get some weird shit that they have going on in their house and that can suck. So be careful. At the end it, of the day, no machines worth yeah. uh, fucking yourself up. It, yeah, or worse. Uh, my one first pinball friend, his games were in the basement, which is totally fine. But at the top of his stairs, he it went, it went to a hallway. And so we had a problem getting a game up. Um, so he'd have to take his door off. Then he would have to take the door off the room across the hallway so the game could go up. And what we did was we had an appliance like shoulder strap system. Oh, God. So there was that six inch wide belt that would go, you know, under the game. And then you would just use your shoulders would hold the weight. Your hands would just hold the game from tipping left or right. And we would walk the game up the stairs. Then the person at the bottom would set the, the game on its butt on cardboard. And then he would spin the game and then use a two wheeler to get it out to his garage. Now, when I helped him go to MGC, we brought two games. And that, I mean, bringing one game up and out, like, oh, not a huge deal, but like, it's a lot of work to get games up and out of the basement. So, even my seven steps, I moved, I think, three games out of my basement for 2DCon this year. And let me tell you, <laughs> I can move one game up and down the step. No problem. Like, whatever. I moved three games up and down those stairs, like back to back, more or less. That was a fucking workout. Like, that was a lot. That was a lot. So, yeah, I mean, be safe. Really, you should never move a machine by yourself. Uh, always have someone. You know, oh, good point. Just going over basic stuff, but like, you really shouldn't move machines by yourself. Like, you need to have a spotter down at the bottom, even if you have a dolly. You know, even if you have an electric dolly, like, you need to have someone else with you as a spotter, because it's not worth you or the game or anything else getting damaged because you couldn't take the time to set up someone else to be there for you. I've done it. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. But I also know people that have went to go move machines and that machine has absolutely bit them back and something slipped or fell or, you know, whatever ends up happening. And it ends up yeeting the game down the stairs and throwing them over the the game a lot. of I mean, all sorts of stuff can happen. So, like, you really got to be careful because you can really fuck yourself up. Uh, Stairs mixed with a 300 pound block that you're trying to move up or down steps like. Yeah, so be careful. <laughs> Even to the veterans out there, need to be fucking careful. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's do it. You, do you think the furniture dollies are easier to move games than the standard two-wheel dollies like mine? You mean like the appliance dollies? Yeah. Like mine? 
I think yours is that where it has the strap that can strap around the game. Well, I don't a lot of time. Well, yeah. Okay. So mine's supposed to have two. One of them broke long before I got it. Uh, I want to get a new dolly, but that's besides the point. The ones with the built in straps are great. If the straps work Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and, or you have the straps. A lot of times I just end up using a ratchet strap because I don't have the other strap. So you just kind of hook onto different areas and whatever. And you don't need to gorilla strap it down. You just need it to be strapped down enough to where the weight isn't going to shift around. Even if you jostle the machine as you're dragging it up a step or something. Um, But if you're talking about the difference between like the big blow up wheel, like two wheel dolly versus like one that has the belts on the back of it to go up and down stairs, which I think is an appliance dolly versus like a hand truck dolly. Oh, if you're going up and down steps and you have a hand truck one with like the big inflatable wheels, don't even fucking bother. Like just, just skip that. Just go to, go to U-Haul and go rent one for $20 for the day and use the appliance dolly. Cause getting up and down stairs without, at least an appliance dolly is hell. Like those big blow up wheels are such a pain in the ass to get up and down stairs. It's I, I did it a couple times with arcade machines and I'll, I'll never do it again ever. Um, arcade so machines yeah. are a bitch. So like I mean, Harbor freight or Northern tool has this appliance dolly that has the little wheels that kick out the back to be four wheels. Those are super cool. They help you I on flat, but they don't help right. you on stairs. I watched one motherfucker use that thing to go downstairs. And it was terrifying the whole time. <laughs> you know those little legs? Yeah. Like, he was using those. Like, he kicked it out to where when it went down a step, you know, like the front went down and the 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 like front wheels, the ones closer to the bottom of the, the arcade were off the stairs. And then those little tiny front wheels were the ones that sat there and like fucking sprung. And they went like doing, 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 doing. And then like you went down the next step and it was like the same thing. Like <laughs> wasn't my dolly, wasn't my machine anymore. He was acting on his own accord, but they are convenient when you're on flat, pretty level ground uh because otherwise yeah you gotta have part of the weight of the machine you gotta have it angled over so you have a good grip on it so you can push it so oh i just remembered my dolly can uh how's it how, how do i say that the handle can pull off and then readjust so that the dolly's laying down so that mine has four wheels there's wheels toward the top of the handle where you would normally expect your handle to be. And so the dolly can lay completely flat on the ground. So mm. I've many times rolled my games around where the bottom of my dolly is at the back of the game. And then the game is sitting yeah. on the dolly to roll into my basement. That has been handy. Uh, so if you can get over the not having inflatable wheels, that dolly is pretty good but it still doesn't like lift up to my tailgate it is worth mentioning the inflatable wheels if you're going on any surface besides carpet 
or hardwood or concrete, those inflatable wheels are lifesavers. Like if you're moving a machine like outside a house, like, you know, out a walkout basement, like up a grassy hill or even like a nice landscaped hill, unless it has an actual cement sidewalk, you you need two dollies then. <laughs> you need one with big blow up wheels and then another one to be able to go up and down stairs if you have stairs or you're going to encounter stairs. And as a pinball guy, you know, whenever you go to some house that you find a deal on Craigslist, uh, it's never on the first fucking floor out in the garage. It's in the basement or it's up on the second floor, third floor of a house, or it's at an apartment complex, the fifth floor up like, and there's no elevator. So, um, Always plan to have a stair dolly, a.k.a. an appliance dolly, with the rubber belts on the back that are designed to help slide up and down stairs. So at my office, there, this guy, we had a pop machine brought up, and it was big. And uh, he used an appliance dolly, and it was imp- I was very impressed. Like, I helped him, but I was very impressed at how maneuverable this pot machine cooler was with this simple dolly and we got to talking about because obviously my pinball machines were at work at the time we got to talking about um the powered ones yeah like the electric ones and he had set a brand that i'm assuming a lot of people know about and it wasn't the escalera because he even said oh yeah the escalera is shit this one's great i can't remember it um but from our talking to a couple other people with different powered hand trucks. It sounds like there actually are a handful of brands, like two to four of them. And people have their own opinions on them as well. And they potentially operate better and different in different types of stairs. So yeah, I mean, they, they I know... all could be, everybody could have their own mileage. Yes. Your mileage will drastically vary. Cause there's obviously the really cool hand truck that seems to the powered hand truck that's making its way around where you can literally lower the game from your tailgate all the way down onto the main floor. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, powered. And that's really cool. But I'm going to tell you right now that thing probably weighs more than the fucking pinball machine. And yes, it's, it could be critically helpful in some situations, but I'm also going to tell you that that thing, if you're just trying to go up and down stairs at somebody's house, that's going to be unmaneuverable and it's going to be more of a pain in the ass probably than if you just had had a standard basic appliance dolly that you were yanking up each stair with somebody at the bottom. I will say, however, I was impressed with the escalator that I got to use for a short time because it comes with an attachment you can buy that's sold separately. Um, that's called the big wheels attachment. Was and it, it literally, a real escalator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it literally has an attachment where you just like take the big wheels and you chuck it onto the back. It allowed you to lean it back and then it would catch itself on four wheels. So you could then push it around kind of like the Harbor Freight cheap one you were talking about mm. with the four wheels. But then it also meant that if you tilted it back a little bit more, you then were using the big ass rubber inflatable wheels so you could go outside and go on like grass and whatever else and then if you needed to take it off it was like one button and it just like you push the button in and you just like 
popped it up and it just like came off. So that was pretty cool, but that's probably, I think like a three or $400 attachment for your $2,700, $2,300 Escalera. I'm really interested. The more I have looked at it and spoken to a few people that bought one at potentially looking at the pinball places, track tread power lifter thingy mabobber i've actually been hearing some good uh some good feedback from that the only problem with that one is you actually have to get the game up onto the main area like it doesn't have like a a lip where you can just like tilt the game forward and just scooch it underneath the lip like you have to actually like get all four corners of the machine up and like slide it onto the dolly if that makes sense because it has so the the bottom of it where the machine sits Mm -hmm. is a metal frame and it has four caster wheels so you can just like roll it around all willy-nilly and you could do like you know you could literally rotate the game 360 degrees on the caster wheels Hmm. well to have that maneuverability to be able to get around like weird spaces and stuff uh that means all four wheels are on casters aka uh, that means there's no lip to just like slide underneath the pin like a traditional appliance dolly. So that's the one drawback to that one. Um, but it's cheaper than the Escalera and it looks like it's just about as easy to move up and down stairs otherwise. So I am thinking next year I might I might get a power lift dolly. I don't know what kind though yet because there's a couple brands out and everybody has their own. I do like the the power lift that uh, I like a lot of the uh, the features and ideas of the pinball places. I'm trying to find the video of it. Here it is. This could start a thing. What do you mean? I think there's a thread on Pinside about this, bro. It's like the powered lifters. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, it's convenient because if you got to get around like a tight landing or something, you could feasibly like wheel it around and make those 90 degree turns that traditionally you wouldn't be able to. The problem is, is that means you have to actually physically like rock the machine a lot further tipped to then like get it up onto that platform where it sits. Cause it doesn't have just like a wedge lip. You can just like push underneath the machine. Oh, his demo video that Glenn has, he kind of skips putting the game on the casters. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that being a pain in the butt part. I mean, you... you Sure. You should be able to do it with two people, but if you're by yourself, oof. Um, right, which is kind of what he pushes. is like, oh yeah, you could do it by yourself. And I guess you could, but it'd be kind of sketch. Because you got to... Those casters and that platform's probably two inches off the ground. Yeah, it's pretty high. And that's pretty far to tilt a machine forward to then, like, get the cart underneath it that's all caster wheels. Oh, well, you can lock the caster wheels, though. And supposedly they won't move. Supposedly. So the one thing about his is that there's that handle that's like a stick sticking out above the tracks. Yes. I feel like my stairs at my house are super steep. So unless it lifts up it looks like it would just hit my stairs uh you can adjust it in three positions for the treads angles Mm. 
Okay. So you can actually have it at different angles depending upon the steepness of the stairs. But I don't know. I spoke to some people that have more than four steps and they said that those handles. Oh, and those handles you're looking at, they fold in too. You're talking about those ones that stick out on the bottom when it's going up the stairs. There's one that sticks straight out. Yes, that handle, there's two of them, one on each side okay. uh, for when you're pushing it around in its caster mode. Uh, those both flip down. Oh, okay. Because I was like, you just oh, those you will press catch a, a little button and you flip it down. But well, supposedly good. they don't catch a stair even when they're out. Uh, well, so if, says, if you've seen my stairs, they probably would. <laughs> maybe. I, I've almost died going down my stairs. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that it does look pretty cool. And I think he was selling them for like 1500 at the expo. Uh, yeah, it was a That's crazy a good deal. Pretty fucking good deal. I think it's still like 1700 normally though. Like it was only like $200 off, but I mean, not talking shit about Glenn or his pricing either way. It's still a really good deal. It's like, I kind of want to get one and use it. Uh, at least borrow it and use it to see if you like it. Because what is the Escalera? Fucking three grand? It's, I think, from... Uh, what is it? Flipping Out Pinball, Zach Maney. 35? I think it's like... I think it was running a sale at Expo like 27 or 2900 Or maybe 2500 I don't know. It's like a grand more than what Glenn's asking for his. It's expensive. Yeah. $1,500 is a lot easier to swallow than $3,000. So, yeah. I feel like we could just... Go splitsies get, on one? Just get some uh, wheelchair. Make our own. No. I think we should just go splitsies on one. It'll be like Timmy from South Park. <laughs> Perfect. I, well, do you have any... Oh, I don't need one. What if I split it? Okay, fine. I'll just buy one. But then when you're at somebody's house... And you're like, oh, right, I'm trying to get this game. It's down a bunch of stairs. I'd be like, cool, you could split the difference and get a buddy to come help you move it. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Well, on that, case, on that note, I think it is time. Time for what, Ryan? It's time to say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. You can find us at Flippin' and Mashin' on Facebook. And you can email us at flippinandmashing at gmail.com. Bye, Ryan. Bye, Parnell. Goodbye, listeners. We love you. Bye. Bye.